right, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to see you. We up in this thing, man. We're here. Good to see y'all. Yep. Hey, we have a, a very special guest with us today, and uh, I'll go ahead and introduce him, and um, and then we'll we'll get all of our technicalities out of the way. But uh, I have known this guy for most of his life, <laughs> and a big chunk of mine. Uh, and he's this guy has become quite the entrepreneur, and I guess we'll say the outdoor space. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't know if that's I'll let him decide if that's fair or not. But um, so what I'd like you to do is please welcome to Unclever Podcast from Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy, Mr. Josh Parvin. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy, yeah. everybody. Yeah, you got yeah. a standing O up in yeah, here, dude. That's what I'm talking about that's, uh, that's quite the uh, the welcome experience. Got to learn how to do that on our podcast. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, Josh and I go way back, I go really way, way back with his family. And have y'all, have y'all met before at all until just now? Me and no. Todd? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either one of you guys and Josh. <laughs> no, no, but no, what's weird is when you uh, texted about a guy named Josh Parvin, I, I know a guy named Josh Parvin. And it's not the same. And it's Josh not Parvin. that guy. I was like, Gummy Bear's doing some gun dog stuff? Oh, that guy's name's Gummy Bear? <laughs> yeah, I call him Gummy Bear. <laughs> Did you know there's not another the Josh guy. Parvin? You know, I, I've seen a few out there, but I, I haven't ever felt that they were the original. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we go we go way back. Uh, I go way back with his family, uh, Josh. I know, you know, uh, we we want to get into every all about what you know what it is that you're part of now and everything. But before that, um, we do need to kind of uh, do some you know some housekeeping and house cleaning. House cleaning. That's good. No, yeah. Look at that segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry, not to drag you into our shameless plugs, but um, do you own a bidet? You know, I, I do not, but I've been listening to your podcast. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of got me thinking that maybe maybe we should. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move. So that's a, that's our shameless plug for, for this episode. So go to bidetking.com, use the coupon code UNCLEVER, and... Uh, Clean yeah. yourself. Yeah, clean yourself. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we have an episode, by the way, Josh, on, it's called The Rise of the Bidet. You can go back and listen to it if you're interested. And uh, I think we sell you on them. I th- matter of fact, I think Todd got sold. Yes. I, at that, yeah, at that point, I didn't have one. And then it was like shortly before Christmas, I ended up with a bidet and a Dirty Santa deal. <laughs> and after that, it was over. Yeah. You, it's, you never go back. Never go back. Anyway. Well, hey, look, I mean, look, while we're talking about it, I mean, <laughs> what, what, I got to hear your guys' first experience on that. Well, so that's the thing. We tell everybody, don't, I don't know, you, you may differ from me on this. Don't, I don't lean too heavily on your first experience at least two or three times. And then, because it's, it's an awkward sensation, you know. Yeah. It's an awkward sensation. For sure. Unless you've just went out around back of the house and cleaned yourself with a hose pipe or also, something also, like that. Also, there can be some adjustments that need to be made to the actual day to get it dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you go get one of them real high end bidets, yeah, like I've with got the joystick. Yeah, like it's got a joystick. It hooks up to your phone. Are like, you? Are y'all? Are y'all both hot and cold water? No, I'm. Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold only. Okay. Yeah, yeah I have hot and cold water, and it's got you know laser guidance and all that. <laughs> <kind of stuff. laughs> but uh, yeah. So bidetking.com, they got they got a, a wide variety to choose from. Uh, coupon code Unclever get a discount. But uh, as I as I mentioned at the start here. 
I go way back with Josh and his family and, uh, you know, uh, Josh, uh, Josh's dad and myself, I, I actually worked for him for a little while, years and years ago. And, uh, just uh, been close with their family for a long time. And Josh, I know your dad has always kind of had a outdoorsman side to him, but uh, just in full disclosure, and I don't think I don't think he would mind me saying this, he, he would also not be the first person that I would think of when I thought outdoorsman either. And so <laughs> when I started to when I started to learn about what you guys were doing, you know, that the the first thing that came to mind was, okay, well, that must mean then that Josh has been a very big part of this, maybe the catalyst for this venture uh, that you guys have, have going. So you, uh, so if, if you couldn't tell, Cornerstone Gundog Academy, uh, you got your start, correct me wherever I'm wrong, like training dogs, and if so, like how did, how did you get into that? Like tell us how, yeah. that, how that got going. Yeah, so, well, Cornerstone Gundog Academy, you know, people – when we first came out with this, it, people were like, you know, what is that? And we're like, well, this is, this is what we do. We, we, we have videos, you can learn to train your dog. And people were like, you know, well, can you say that again? So we finally realized, Hey, look, let's just make this super simple. We have online videos that helps you train your hunting retriever. But if you rewind before the videos started, that's exactly what happened. We, uh, we got our own duck dog because we went on a duck hunt with some guys at our church and uh, fell in love with it and bought our first dog and sent it off to a trainer because we thought that's what you should do. Got the dog back and it wasn't the same dog that we sent off. Uh, long story short, you know, I was not paying for anything at that point, but my dad was. And well, he spent a lot of money on a dog that we didn't really like. <laughs> and we liked it before it left. We got it back and, uh, yeah, that's that kind of started us on a mission. Like, well, we can't let this ever happen again. So we okay. learned to do it ourselves, and I started training dogs. So you mean uh, when you say wasn't the same dog, you meant that in a negative context? Absolutely, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. What, what that, kind of dog uh, that was dog it? Was happy before it left, and then it came home just kind of nonchalant. Just yeah, it it would do its job, but it wouldn't do it like like when we, we left, it was excited to retrieve and it was now just doing it because it almost felt like it had. Yeah, lo lost some gumption. Yeah, yeah, a lot of gumption for sure. <laughs> uh, so just so you'll know who you're dealing with here, I've never, not once, duck hunted. Is that surprising to y'all at all? I haven't either. Uh, me either, in the <laughs> shocking oh. statement, right? Yeah, so. Oh, uh, man. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, so you're dealing with three complete and total novices. So here. when you have like, when you say duck dog, what kind of dog are we talking? Well, you know, any type of retriever, Okay. but uh Labrador retriever, that's, that's what I run. Any, okay. uh, any lab, that's what this, uh, y'all can't see this, but I got the, the logo here. We got a beautiful Labrador retriever here on the, on the shirt. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you're, you you may have to over explain to us like we're three years old at, <laughs> at, at some point in time. So, but, um, yeah, like you said, so you got started training the dogs yourself, but then as you've already mentioned, you know, at some point you guys, you know, you pivoted mm -hmm. and transitioned into this video realm of uh, video, you know, creating videos that offers owners the ability to train their own dogs. And I'm, That's right. my guess is there are tons of benefits to that um, mm -hmm. with, um, you know, obviously there's benefits for you guys because <laughs> it's the business yeah. that you're in, but also yeah. uh, for the dog owner, um, yeah. I'm guessing, you know, like, well, you kind of already alluded to this more, it's more cost effective 
um, yeah. uh, you know, for for you guys and your business, it helped you expand your reach greatly. Um, you know, because otherwise, it's only however many dogs you could physically handle at one you know, at one time, I guess, but are, what, are, what are some of the other advantages that I'm just not thinking of? That was just like low hanging fruit that I thought. Of. Well, one is just plain fun to do it yourself. I mean, you get the, the joy and the, uh, the, the bragging rights, so to speak of, Hey, you know, I did this, Yeah. right? If you send it off to the trainer, your money did that. And then you get it back and you've got the dog. Not that anything's wrong with that. Uh, yeah. But, but also, I mean, just being able to, you know, when someone asks you the question, who trained your dog? And you just say, you know, because they're asking you, man, that's an incredible dog. So you must have paid a lot of money to have that training. And then you're like, well, I did that. Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty proud moment, you know? Yeah. It's like gratification. A lot of, lot Absolutely. of gratification. Yeah. Absolutely. Have either one of you guys ever trained a dog? To do anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my dog can sit, you know, and come. Where, yeah. What yeah. kind of dog do you have? Australian Shepherd. Okay. Nice. He can nice. shake and, you know, just do simple commands. He listens well. And you train him? Yes. How to do Actually, uh, Nora, my nine-year-old, did a lot of the training. I mean, I showed her what to do, like, you right. know, with the rewarding with treats and stuff. And he, Those are smart dogs. I don't, he caught on really quick. Yeah. I don't think I've ever successfully trained a dog to do anything. Now, I've also trained, it, <laughs> trained him not to use the bathroom in the house. That's the biggest thing you got to do, right? I'm working right now on a teacup Maltese. <laughs> is it not? Are you working on it or is it working on you? Hold on, let me back up. It's working on me. Yeah. Let me back up. It's a teacup. It's a teacup Malty poo. Malty poo. Okay. That's what it right. is. Malty poo. And I'm very unsuccessful thus far. Uh, what about you? What about you, Alex? What do you? So we got a Great Pyrenees. Uh, I trained her to give me five, like high five before uh, before I feed her. That's the extent of what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I just lay the hand out, just slap it, I pour the food in there. <laughs> so so to make to make all of us feel way less than Josh, can you explain to us what <laughs> what you guys actually would train the dogs to do? Like what's the finish yeah. what's the finished product supposed to look like, I guess? Well, do you yeah, think I a multi poo could be trained at all? <laughs> that's that's my question. How much time would it take to train a multi poo? <laughs> I mean, all dogs learn the same. Uh, you know, I don't know that the multi poo is gonna do the same things, <laughs> but uh, teacup multi poo. Yeah, yeah. So it's got yeah, a teacup brain. Yeah, to go brain along. the size of like a walnut. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you, what do you guys train them to do though? Because again, we're, you're dealing with three novices. We don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah. Well, first things first, they got to listen. So I, I like to keep things, you know, the cookie, uh, the cookie jar on the bottom shelf. That's the way we describe it. It can be complex if you want it to, but. Why make something complex if you don't have to? Yeah. Um, but yeah, first things first, they got to listen. If you tell them to come, they need to come. If you uh, tell them to walk beside you, they need to walk beside you. If you tell them to sit, they need to sit. If you tell them to stay, they need to stay there. That's uh, that's kind of the foundation for a hunting dog. End goal is you're out there in the duck blind. Well, I guess we kind of need to talk about duck hunting too first. I mean, yeah. let's talk about yeah. what's okay. required. Yes. Because... Without that understanding, I'm talking to guys that haven't been duck hunting before. We got to right. we got to break that down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's go back. Uh, you mind if I tell a story? I think that's the go for way it. To, yeah, absolutely. Easiest way to tell it. So my first uh, duck hunting experience was pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm so fat. Rewind even more. So my dad got me into hunting, uh, all kinds of hunting, but specifically deer hunting. So. I remember going and sitting out there in the shooting house, sitting there freezing, you know, 
hoping to see a deer. And sometimes we would, we'd kill some deer, but sometimes we'd be out there and I'd be ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, cause we're freezing our tail off. But, uh, anyways, so our, our buddies or my dad's buddies invited him to go on a duck hunt. And so we're sitting there thinking that's kind of crazy. You know, we're going to go in the cold and stand in water and shoot at a bunch of birds flying around. Yeah. That was our perspective. Like, that doesn't sound too fun. I'm better off go hunting two hours from home for some deer than driving six hours for some ducks. But somehow they convinced him to go and we get there, we pull up, it's dark. We're in this little ATV or we're in like this trailer, you know, if, uh, it reminds me of like a pumpkin patch, right? Where they're hauling everybody around and go pick their pumpkins. We're in this trailer, they're pulling us around and they stop and they're like, all right, guys, we're here. We're like, okay. Well, where are we? You know, we're sitting on this levee and all of a sudden the trees open up and like light just bursts forth out of the trees and we walk inside and there's like this entire operation. It's basically a trailer. It's not exactly a trailer. They, they custom built it, but we walk in like, okay, this is nice. This is nice. We set our guns down and then all of a sudden behind us, they open a door and we didn't even know it was there. And like we walk inside, there's a full kitchen and everything <laughs> right back behind us. So we're like, okay, I'm already at this stage thinking, okay, this is not deer hunting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're normally sitting there like trying to open everything real quiet. You know, the stuff you get at the gas station at 4am <laughs> right before you go deer hunting. Yeah. And, uh, here we are and they're cooking breakfast and everybody's having a good time and nobody's having to be quiet. I was like, man, this is something else. It's heated too. We're not freezing our tail off. And it, uh, so needless to say that the duck hunt started off great. Well, the, the, after you eat an incredible breakfast, okay daylight starts to come and like the first light hits and they say, all right, guys, y'all better get over here, load your guns. And you walk out and you hear these, this flutter. I don't know if you've ever heard a duck flying. It's, it's got a little, they call it whistling wings, right? So they're whistling through and you I hear them real close. I wouldn't know if I heard it. <laughs> I've heard that. You have, you have yeah. heard that? We, I mean, there's a small pond close to my house. So we get some geese and ducks come through every now and then. Yeah. You may have heard it. You may not recognize it, but when you hear so many ducks right over your head, you definitely will recognize it. Now, the crazy, I, I'm going to fast forward through this quick just so I can get to what it's about. And I want to tell you the very end of that. In fact, we'll save this story for the end of the podcast because it's a good one. I'll save the very last part of the story because it's, uh, it's pretty wild what happened, but it really kept us hungry for coming back for more. So we'll have to tell that as we get to the end. But anyways, we get out there, the ducks are coming in and then they say, shoot. And there's ducks out front. Now, the crazy thing about this, this is not typical, but there's 18 of us, 18 guns in this. I mean, we're going to war wow, here, okay? Yeah. So these ducks are coming in. I, I don't think this was the ducks' first time because they realize when there's 18 people in there, they're probably newbies. And uh, those ducks, we were shooting, and ducks were flying out. There wasn't anything <laughs> falling. <laughs> 18 <laughs> guns going off three times. Uh, that's a lot of shells. Oh, yeah. Ducks just leave. <laughs> uh, but, uh, that was, that was kind of our first experience and it was awesome. I mean, getting to shoot constantly throughout the day versus yeah. a deer hunt, you may get to shoot like a couple of times in a season if you're killing more than one deer. Right. And so that, that's kind of what hooked us. That's what hooked us in there. It was awesome. Yeah. So, um, so during the duck hunt though, ideally <laughs> d d ducks hit the water, right? <laughs> ideally the ducks, are, I mean, look, I mean, this is how bad it was. I mean, we, this is, this is real bad. Ducks were landing in the water and this is how good the guide was. He would call the ducks in all the way down and they would land in the water Yeah, and they, they would still get out of there. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was wild, but, uh, I will say we, we definitely ended the day with a lot of ducks. Yeah. It just took us a bit to get going. We had to get warmed up, you know, we're, we're kind of a slow start, but we, we kind of got warmed up. Yeah. 
And so what's the dog? So give, give me a, give me a high, maybe like a high level overview. Like what's the dog's role? Like, so what does yeah. the dog do there? Well, this poor dog, it's role. Yeah, its role was a lot more, you know, it, it had to earn its keep versus a lot of dogs. You know, if you got good shooters in the blind, the dog's job's easy. It goes out, picks up a couple of ducks right in front. Right. Uh, unfortunately, this this poor dog had to run. This We're in a right like a field, and it's 500 yards across. And uh, this old dog had to run across that 500-yard field multiple times that day just because you get that last duck and everybody's shooting 18 guns, and you may barely hit that duck. That dog has to go recover <laughs> the bird that was going to escape because we were poor shooters. But that's where the dog comes in. It's going to help you get birds that – I mean, typically, if you're just out there by yourself, you're not going to wait across 500 yards to right. pick up a duck. You may drive around and try to find it, but by the time you get there, that duck's going to be hidden. You'll never find it. So that's right. where the dog comes in. It helps you you hunt more ethically. helps you get the birds that you just couldn't get. And uh, and for us, it was an awesome experience because we watched that dog work a lot because it was one volley of ducks come in, a couple ducks fall, and then a couple ducks go far out, and it goes and picks them up and brings them back. Uh, yeah. And that's that's a dumbed down version of it, but that's basically what it does. You shoot a duck, that dog should go get it and bring it back to you. Yeah, I got you. So, is there, and we kind of hinted, hinted at this already once, is there like a huge variance from, because I, I heard you say all dogs learn the same, but mm -hmm. is there a variance? There would oh, have, yeah. there has to be some sort of variance from one dog to the next, and so absolutely. And I, I, I guess what I'm wondering is like, how much is it? Is it just the amount of time that you have to spend on certain tasks, or and like, are some dogs untrainable, especially especially in the teacup multi food? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. You know, I don't have a lot of experience with teacup multi foods. In fact, I have zero experience. <laughs> okay. But I can speak for some dogs that I've worked with. Um, some dogs I probably wouldn't have taken, and some dogs I would. Breeding has a lot to do with it. It's not everything. You can train. I mean, we've got people that will get a dog from a shelter and train it to hunt. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, follow us along if you want to see some cool stuff on YouTube here and there. Watch our member weekend videos. But we've got a guy who has, uh, he calls it the Beagle Door. Okay, so it's a <laughs> beagle lab mix, and it, but it's basically a beagle. His name is Smalls. He's awesome. He's been coming. He's been training with us for a while now. The first time he came out, you know, he would just go out there and smell around, sniff the ground because there's a lot of rabbits out at the property. So naturally, a beagle wants to hunt rabbits and not retrieve a dummy. But over time, uh, JD, which is the dog's owner, he has taken his time, and he's actually that dog. The last member weekend that we had, went out, picked up stuff as good as, as many of the Labradors that were there. And it was, uh, it's incredible. So I say all that to say, I, I think any dog can learn, but you got to know your tendencies. A GSP, German short-haired pointer. You know, I personally am not going to own one unless I'm upland hunting. They're great dogs, but those dogs have energy to burn. Uh, you, they, they act totally different than a Labrador. A Labrador wants to be your buddy, sit by, hang out. You let a uh, you let a GSP get out and about, <laughs> it's gonna go a long way. A Labrador, if it escapes your yard, so to speak, it's gonna go to the front yard and then come home. GSP is gonna go to the Dollar General down the street and probably not come home because it's still gonna be chasing whatever it sees. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's interesting. You, you have to excuse my ignorance here because when you brought, I mean, I've heard that the name of that dog mm -hmm. before, a German short-haired pointer. Like, what other yep. what other dogs are you know what other dogs do people utilize in in as a retriever dogs like yeah for what yeah. you guys do 
Boykins, I mean, German short hair pointers. I know I, I dogged on them a little bit, just they're different personalities. I wanted to use them because they're such a stark contrast between a Labrador and a, right. and a GSP. And they're good hunting dogs, actually. You right. just got to train them and you got to be prepared for it and you got to burn their energy. Uh, poodles, poodles are, are uh, not the most common, but great dogs and can be trained well. For, as, as a retriever dog, a poodle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pointers poodles are uh, smart. Excuse dude. me, poodles. They're actually originally gun dogs. They're they're hunting dogs. That's kind of their roots. How about that? Now they're just know. used to mix with other breeds, so they don't shed. <laughs> multi, no, that, that's, multi uh, that's, that's part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, do people use labradoodles? <laughs> Hadn't uh, seen I one mean, yet. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I don't. I don't. I, we might have a member or two. I, I don't. I don't recall that. That's not typical. You're going to typically see more of a like a labrador retriever you're going to see a golden retriever those are those are great dogs uh, yeah chesapeake bay retriever those uh, those dogs are interesting right there they're a, they're kind of a one-honor dog they're a little mean too because they're if you look back at their origins and their breeding they were they were kind of used on, on fishing vessels and they also were guard dogs too so like when the the mates got off the ship that uh that chessie's going to be sitting there guarding the ship and uh they're a big dog like 110 pounds they're huge they could be so you don't have to dog. You personally, you own all labs. Is that what you're, is that what oh, I mean? Yeah. Okay. My yeah. uncle used to have a lab. Its name was Sancho. And people tell me I'm lying when I say this. So San- we'll, Sancho? We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> that's a name, bro. I like that. Sancho. <laughs> I do too. We'll let, we'll, we'll let the expert weigh in on this to see if I'm lying or not. But I swear this is exactly how I remember it as an 11 year old. All right, Josh, this is how I remember it. Uh, in, he had this, he had, uh, a hunting lodge down around you know Pickens County, whatever. Anyway, Lake Aliceville. They like to duck hunt. I just never went with them. But Sancho, that dog was so smart. Like you could, you could tell it to go get something by name, and it would go get that thing. And it didn't seem to me, at least from an eleven-year-old's point of view, it didn't seem to be restricted to just a handful of things. You could tell it anything. You can say, Sancho, go get me that TV remote. I, I, I believe that. <laughs> I believe that. You think I'm full of it, Josh? <laughs> no, I, I believe it. I don't, I don't know that the dog understood the whole, the whole sentence. <laughs> I got you. But, but it he understood picked up what on you word. wanted it to do. I got you. No, there's a guy. I can't remember what type of dog this was. I'm just, it's just hitting me. Some video I saw where this dude has spent years teaching this dog so many words. So he has all these stuffed animals, huge pile, hundreds of stuffed animals, and they all have a different name. Oh. And he'll say the name of one of the animals, and that dog will dig through there and find the one that he said to get. Oh, yeah. Like, you're talking about, like, Beanie Babies? Yeah, like small <laughs> Yeah, like small. I ain't heard animals. Beanie Babies in a minute. Yeah. I think it's Beanie Boo. No, they it's are now. Beanie Babies. Oh, it's hmm? yeah. Beanie Boos now? That's what they call them now. Yeah. For real? <laughs> yeah. Go get me. Chocolate Rainbow Unicorn yeah. over there, and then go dig in and get it. That's no, cool. I mean, they're, they're all like, go get the duck, you know? Right, uh, frog, right. but it's like it was literally, it's literally hundreds, it's just a pile. Yeah, and that dog knows every single animal in there. Um, so tell me this: what what are some of the most common mistakes that you feel like people make? You know, when when training dogs, I guess specifically for you guys' application, or maybe just in general, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah, that's so good. I mean, that's well, it just depends on your background. You know, if you're coming from on and regular pets. Um, you make a lot of mistakes because a pet and a gun dog, hunting dog are two different things, right? You don't care if your pet chews a bunch of stuff up 
unless it's something you care about versus you don't want your dog, your, your hunting dog to go rip apart your ducks. So yeah. you know, if, you let, <laughs> if you let, and look, it can happen. If you let your, your, your hunting dog start chew everything it wants to, whenever it wants to, and you don't take the time to teach it that, Hey, you're not really supposed to do that. You're going to go out there and send, send old Fido after the duck. And he's going to be get to the duck. You think, man, this is a glorious moment. And then all of a sudden he picks it up and then you're going to look back at your buddies and they're going to be looking at you all funny. When you turn back around, Fido is going to be ripping that duck apart. And mm -hmm. you're going to be like, man, not even <laughs> eating it, just ripping it apart, <laughs> ripping it apart, <laughs> eating the whole thing. And then, yeah, all right, I, give me another, give me another duck. That's what he's going to be asking for. <laughs> but no, that's a, that's a serious case. Hopefully that doesn't happen to anybody, but uh, I mean, it, it has, I've seen it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got a, the one of the biggest mistakes is rushing the process, right? Uh, Everybody, it, Amazon Prime, baby, we all want to go quick. We yeah. all want to go quick, but uh, that's what I want. This is, yeah, I need that Amazon Prime version of that multi. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's one of the biggest mistakes is, is rushing the process or doubting when you're on the on the journey. Uh, it's kind of a faith journey. You kind of got to have some faith involved with this. Too. You got to trust the process because there's going to be days where you think this isn't going to work out at all. I need to jump ship and try a new method or I got to try something new. Mm. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make too is jumping ship in the middle of it. Right when you face adversity, instead of sticking with it because you think you're failing, you think your ship's sinking, you, uh, you jump ship when really you just got to ride that storm out. You're going to make it through. You just got to trust the process. Man. Patience, man. Josh sounds like the Nick Saban of dog training. Trust the process. <laughs> Vard Let's use another example. Varden don't like that. He's, mm -hmm. an, he's an Auburn man. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a roller coaster ride for me. A lot of highs and a lot of lows. I'm used to it. Yeah. Varden's big on it, like, you know, uh, having buyouts for all of his different, yeah. gun, you know, retriever dogs. I need my process. <laughs> I have my heart rate sky high. <laughs> yeah. oh man that's uh that that is good so that was actually going to be my next question is like what's something that goes a long way in being successful i guess so patience patience um commitment consistency there's uh, got to be some kind of special clicker that i don't have that i'm supposed to have <laughs> <laughs> i mean any any clicker goes we have ones we like obviously uh, so we we recommend using the the, the special clicker, but, uh, we, uh, it, it's definitely the user, not necessarily the, the tool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got you. All right. So in a previous conversation I was having with, uh, you and your dad, mm -hmm. uh, y'all both seem pretty forward, pretty upfront about the fact that you guys have taken a different stance or a different approach. Maybe I guess is the better word in the, than other people than in the industry. Uh, oh, yeah. Like y'all, like, yeah. y'all have gone against the grain a little. Basically, is that so? I've I've not you know I've heard you guys talk about that in big picture. Is mm -hmm. that is that in technique or what? Like, maybe what specifically? Because I, I was just interested, you know, because I've heard you both make comments about that. So yeah. could could you give me an example maybe of like what you mean specifically by that, or is that? Yeah, I mean we kind of done it a little bit in everything. Honestly, I mean so when we came out with Cornerstone. We were, at least to my knowledge, the first online hunting dog training program. Everything else to that point was old school, okay? DVDs, 
books. These DVDs are from like the seventies. Yeah. No, I say the seventies. I'm just, I'm just generalizing. They're old. And <laughs> no, they're, I know. Hey, I get the outdated. picture. It's like the orientation thing that you have to watch every time you go to work somewhere. Yeah. New. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't ever update those. <laughs> Never. Yeah. There's so look for that. There's good information there, but you have to like really be thinking hard to figure it all out and to piece it all together. And so like, like I said, we like to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. So we, what we did is we, we had to learn from everybody and we ended up kind of creating our own path that worked for us and uh, worked on all the dogs we were training and all the people we were recommending. It was working really well. So um, I don't want to discount the the previous, what led to Cornerstone coming up and all the work that the other people did. But uh, for the, the modern world, it was just, it was tough to digest. And so we created something that was easy to digest, came online, and we did do things differently. So one of the biggest distinctions in hunting dog training um, is a lot of people use a method called force fetch. Okay. And so when I say force fetch, that sounds, I think that's misbranded. It sounds like it's just for fetch, but it's really not. It's a whole entire basis of training for your whole program, how you're going to train your dog versus the way we train uses more of a positive reinforcement approach with discipline as needed. Uh, and to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, basically force training versus positive training force utilizes, um, for lack of a better word. And when I say pain, don't think people are abusing dogs. It's not, it's a legitimate method that works, but you apply pain and you remove pain, right? Some, if someone pinches your ear, and then they get you to do what you want and then they release the pain, you're probably going to be more likely to do what they want or get away from them. So they'll stop pinching your ear. Right. right. So kind of the same thing for the dogs, right? They're going to utilize more of a force. And again, I, it's a, it's a method that absolutely works, but we, we took a different approach. We took more of a, like that, like we said, that positive reinforcement approach, which utilizes reward. So the desire of the dog is not just, they're already, if you're using a well-bred dog, it's already a natural it's that desire to retrieve and stuff's in them. It's just, we're going to use positive reinforcement to shape and mold them into what we want them to. So instead of, you know, applying pain to get them to do it, we're actually incentivizing the reward. We're giving them a reward. And if they don't do what we want them to do when we're teaching, we just don't reward them. And naturally they start working to get the reward. And so it kind of creates a different, uh, a different, um, demeanor on the dog. So kind of, if you rewind to our first experience, our dog was, went through a force program, um, and it burnt it up pretty bad, um, to the point to where, when we showed up and we're like, Hey, what e-collar should we get? And they, the trainer said, don't you ever let anybody put an e-collar on that dog? Well, dad, and we talked about that. Now we know we should have knew right then <laughs> something wasn't right. But, uh, anyways, long story short, and we're not anti e-collar or any of that. So, and what I really wanted to draw a distinguishing line here. We train the way we train because we believe it's the best. We're not against one way. We're just for the way that we do it. Right. Um, and so uh, the only question people may have ask about the way we train, like, oh, how do you get your dog to listen when it doesn't want to? Well, that's where discipline comes in, right? It's just kind of like you're raising a child. You, you know, ideally you don't want to put them in situations where they're going to experience pain, but you may, if they're in a situation in pain, you may use that to help teach them. Right. Or if they disobey you just flat out, well, what are you going to do? You're going to discipline and so that they learn. And so that's kind of the same thing with a dog. We discipline so that they learn. Yeah. And that's some inside baseball right there. It was. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That's got my, that's got my, my mind going a million, 
million miles. Yeah, as he was describing Thinking about it. that multi-poo right there. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, Josh was describing it. Before he even went into it, I was thinking, about, oh, I bet they, I bet you guys kind of go in that direction because of that first dog, and that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how much it didn't enjoy doing what you wanted it to anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it, it changes. So, like, basically what you guys are, the path that you guys have taken is, yeah, like Alex said, that that affected it greatly. Y'all, have, you're saying the method of the training greatly affects the relationship of the dog with the owner. It does, and yeah. not that dogs won't perform either way. Right, it's just how they perform, why they perform. I kind of, for me, I always compare it to like thinking about people. Right, if you're at your job and you're doing it because you have no other choice, like, and you absolutely despise your job, but you're doing it because you just got to put food on the table, you're gonna do your job. But mm-hmm. how are you, how's your life? Are you, are you happy, right? You know, we live in a world, fortunately, we're in America, we can pursue pretty much anything we put our heart's desire to. And as long as you don't give up and you're not willing to quit, you can make a lot of crazy things happen in, in this world that we live in. We're in a unique place, US of A, versus a lot of places that don't have the freedom we have. I mean, despite all the chaos that's going on, we can just, I mean, you can create a business in a heartbeat. You can yeah. create yeah. a you could turn an idea or passion into something in a heartbeat. It's just, do you have the resolve to, to fulfill that? And so that's kind of, kind of what way I view it at least. Especially now. I mean, look, anybody can have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> any three, yeah, any three idiots. <laughs> you can take three yahoos from all. Anyway, I got, I got a question. How, uh, how much easier does it make it when you have a dog that is just naturally eager to please? Do you have, do you run across that? Like you have a stubborn dog and then one that just wants to make you happy. Yeah, I mean, those are like those those unique dogs, right? I mean, there's going to always be a time where some dogs are a little bit stubborn yeah. one way or another. Um, and usually the dogs that are more stubborn are more headstrong. And it's just a matter of how you, to me, it's a perspective and an angle because I've trained so many different dogs. And mm-hmm. my encouragement for people is, you know, you can... It's all in the angle that you go at it. You, you train a dog that's headstrong differently than you train a dog that's happy and easy to please. A dog that loves to please you sometimes is a little sensitive too. Yeah. When those when those discipline moments come in, they, they get a little bit squirrely. So yeah. You, you kind of have to, you got to play the play the line based on the dog. We, we call it train the dog in front of you. But um, I will say, yeah, I mean, so... I like to stack the odds in my favor, you know, kind of, you know, referencing all uh, Alabama football there, you know, we, we like to win. <laughs> That's right. You, hear, you listen to this, Martin? It's only a matter of time. Wherever Hugh's in town. Yeah. Take notes and send them to Hugh. We don't even like to win once. We like to win every single time yeah. as much as we possibly can. So, I mean, so stack the odds in your favor, right? And we believe, we're, we believe we're going to win. Where, where do I turn off my microphone? Where do I turn my headset in? Yeah, but yeah, get the best player. Get the best pupil that you can get and, yeah. and do your best to develop them. And uh, it'll make your life easier. You can take a dog that is not, I mean, look at the Beagle Door. Right. That dog was not necessarily set out for it, but JD has invested a ton of time and has made it work. Mm-hmm. But also, if you get a dog that's just everything is right, it's well-bred, everything is, you know what you're getting, you can you can make your life easier mm-hmm. without question. Yeah. So uh, can give us a rundown on what, what, you know, what you guys offer, your courses and stuff. I just, because I know mm-hmm. they're, you know, I don't know how much crossover. We got, we got a bunch of, goofy 20 something year old guys listening to this, but maybe some of them are into duck hunting. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some crossover somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah. If, if any of you are interested in, in learning how to train your, your dog to, to hunt, uh, we, we do have one course for, for those that are just kind of want a, a good dog, but you know, a family companion, maybe take it to the park, throw a tennis ball, you're not really into hunting. If that's you, the foundations, uh, that's on our website. That's uh, the, the lowest priced here, 347 bucks lifetime access. That'll get you a good dog. Obedience train, that'll help your multi multi poo <laughs> do what you need to do well we'll, we'll but, see we'll pay the price man let's see if it works we got the complete gun dog academy that's uh that's a that's our mid-tier price 597 that's a good product it helps you get a, a good trained hunting dog learn to use it uh our most step-by-step and detailed product is 52 plus single payment of 1197 bucks lifetime access and that's uh that's that's our most detailed option that's my dog going through the training we filmed it uh, for 56 weeks, 56 weeks of training, day week one to, to week 56, everything in between, all the details covered. So wow. if you kind of want to really dive in and it's like a lot of footage. learn all you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say this too because I've I've looked at their website and their their the quality on, quality on everything they do is fantastic. Yeah, like as good as anything I've seen anywhere, like fantastic quality. So well, thank you. Yeah, I know my opinion matters tremendously, <laughs> but it's uh, it really is, it really is good. So, uh, Appreciate what, that. what's the uh, uh, do, do, I, I'd like to hear the end of the story though. You were telling the oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about that. So, like I said, we were kind of struggling to hit some ducks, and uh, we had a lot of ducks coming in, but the the evening was getting on, and the, like the ducks were becoming. I think they got smart. Less and less were coming in. You would have a few lookers come. They would come in just close enough, and they'd tease you, right? They would pull out just before, just before you could shoot at them. And uh, so, this was our last moment. This is like, this is like overtime, okay? Overtime. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. This is your last chance. There is no other opportunities. Shooting time is going to end in like five minutes, and the 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 guide starts calling, and he's calling and calling, and we have. 200 ducks and that's a lot so typically you're seeing i don't know three to three to ten and that's a good number too sometimes you only see one we got 200 ducks just circling in getting ready and watching all everybody in the blind is like fired up we're all excited because there's 200 ducks and the only downside about this blind and i said there was 18 people and there was and that was shooters that doesn't include the guide but on the very end there there wasn't a lot of visibility so (laughs) Um, you know, we're getting down to the last minute and a half and, uh, or so somewhere, we may be five minutes and under five minutes or under it's, it's on, there is no other opportunity. If we miss, if we blow this opportunity, we lose the game. And, um, so the, the guy on the end and, uh, his son were down there and we were, me and my dad were in the middle and, uh, he's calling. We see from our perspective, we could see those 200 ducks. But from the end perspective, the one closest to the ducks with the brush in the way, they could only see two ducks that were landing like right out in front of them, like 20 yards, like they're landing. And so you're really supposed to wait on the guide to call the shot. But I think these guys thought that it was it. They didn't see the 200. They saw the two. And so I don't know if it was the guy or his son or both of them, but they go up, they shoot, they miss, they don't even hit the duck. And then all 200 ducks just get out of there. <laughs> and you want to talk about the most, I've never heard a place so quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Everything was just, everybody's just like looking down 
and they realize what they've done. They might say if they do say something. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I thought you were gonna say, and then here come this teacup multi multi wrangled them ducks right up, beat all I ever seen. Unfortunately, no. That that would have been better to actually get a duck than this, but we. Yeah, that's what happened, and it uh, it was quite. Uh, that just quite hurt your feelings, didn't it, man? That just hurt your feelings seeing all those ducks fly off. Man, it was rough, and I feel <laughs> bad for the guys on the end. So, I mean, yeah, they knew they messed up. They knew they messed up bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, you've uh, you've some good information, man. I, I, I it's been educational, and uh, so it's uh, Cornerstone Academy dot com. I got that right. Didn't I? That's right. Okay. That's right. CornerstoneGundogAcademy.com. Also, uh, Josh has, he's involved with a couple of podcasts as well. You can, yeah. uh, you want to plug those? What, what you got oh, going yeah. on? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's plug them all day long. So we got, uh, <laughs> we got Bill from here, which is interviewing our members, their stories. Uh, I've got a personal podcast I do, which is a faith, a faith based podcast um, interview. And this isn't just strictly gun dogs or anything. This is anybody in the outdoors. I interview people. Uh, and sometimes I share my own stories, but uh, interview people in the outdoors and we talk about, you know, how that how that kind of propels you on your faith journey. Right. And for me, outdoors means mandate. It's one step at a time. It's not about winning the race, so to speak. It's about your next step. So everybody's on a different place in their journey, just whatever your next step is. Uh, so it's a yeah, it's one I've just recently started and just getting it going. And uh, and then my business also has one called The Lab, which is kind of in. A little bit different. We're interviewing other industry professionals and such, getting their stories and and all that. So we're we're kind of into the podcast game a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> a little well, bit. Man, sorry, were you saying I, something? I saying, yeah, it sounds like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, definitely keeping our eyes open and continuing to watch you guys grow and wish you guys continued success. And thanks for educating us on all. You know, all things teacup multi poos and otherwise. Yeah, man, we enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, enjoyed it. All right, man. We'll catch you guys next time, I guess. <laughs>